Attempted by Kilman. Now can Wolves launch a counter-attack? It's Mateus. If he looks up, Adamateo is in space on the right-hand side. He's got players racing up with him. Adamateo already right inside of the penalty area. Low cross in. Comes through. It's Wayne Adore! Wayne Adore! Wayne Adore turns it on! And Wolves may just have won the game on Julian Lapategui's first Premier League match in charge. The joy on the sidelines. The joy in the stands. The joy everywhere in our gold, wherever you are. It could be a monumental three points. It's Everton 1, Wolves 2. Could you start the podcast with anything else but the dulcet tones of Mr. Mikey Burrows? Welcome to the ENS episode 274. That's 274. Wolves! Podcast. Mr. Liam Keane, they say Christmas Day is on December the 25th. Well, Santa. Julian Lopetegui, Daniel Pedence, Ryanite Nori delivered the best presents of all. Some might say the knockout punch on Boxing Day. That's why you love this game. That's why we travel up and down the country. Mr Liam Keane, how the devil are you, my son? Merry Christmas. <laughs> that was a rousing speech. I think I need a beer at... Uh... <laughs> What, half twelve in the afternoon? Nothing wrong with that. We're still on Christmas time. Any time, day or night, food, drink and anything else goes. So I'm all for it. Absolutely. I'm bloated beyond belief and have been for days. <laughs> I was, way, I've know, been bloated on the 25th, you? bloated on the 27th and bloated with happiness on the 26th. I'm still... I'm still kind of high on that result are you the same or does it fit it does feel like to me and we'll come on to it in, a, in, in you know in a little while but i'm genuinely more excited about that result than a lot of other wins recently maybe it's the maybe it's because how important it was but i'm still on cloud nine absolutely flying mate soaring it's um i got got back late from uh from merseyside when i saw my parents and had a bit of food and yeah just got up with my family being Wolves fans just sat there talking about it and it just taking all of the the feet yeah it was a, it was a great moment wasn't it? it it really did lift the spirits what a massive three point i know we'll get on to it but massive three points as well it feels good man oh it feels it feels, feels really good, good. Uh, it feels better than i was on boxing day morning about 1am after just going back and i'm not joking this was about 12 30, yeah probably probably 12:45 am and obviously you've had your christmas dinner and then you've obviously had your Christmas turkey sandwich on the evening, you know, where you stick it all in and um, the turkey and the cranberry <laughs> sauce and the gravy and everything like that. Because you've got to have a sandwich on the night. And then it's got to about, and I've had my Christmas pudding. I know you're not a Christmas pudding fan, but I've had my Christmas pudding and it was a good one. So now I've had a little bit more on the evening with my, with my sandwich. So I'm probably, probably hitting three and a half to 4,000 calories probably at this point. And you get to about quarter to one in the morning. I'm watching a bit of the cricket and a little bit of um, a little bit of a tape show, a little bit of goggle box, and I'm at, I'm genuinely, genuinely stuffed beyond belief, and yet I'm I'm feeling this while putting more sausage meat onto my plate and going again for thirds. What 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 happens at Christmas? Why does that happen? Why do you genuinely not want any more food, and yet at the same time you are still spooning? Roast potatoes, sausage meat stuffing, turkey, and anything else you can get onto your plate. I, I don't know what it is. 
Because it's just another day. It's just another day. But for some reason, the gluttony is unbelievable. That's the exact word. Exact word I was going to use. Now, I did the exact same. You know, you have that. What sort of time do you have your Christmas dinner, by the way? So I was late because we've got to open presents. Then we've got this, this brother comes. So he has like his second Christmas dinner at ours. He goes to his his missus, his mum and dad's first. So by the time everything happens and, you know, it's like, oh, well, we're going to start for one. And no one ever starts at the time they say. It's always half an hour, 40 minutes later. There's always something that needs to be. So probably about, I would say we started hours at, it's late, quarter past two. Half yeah, two? That, that's 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 not too bad to be honest. Is it because, not okay? No, because I, I know some people who have it at like five or six, which I think oh, is crazy. No. Oh no! Um, we've always done ours about one. That's a good, um, that's a good time. Which is what we had it this year. I mean, I, I think I can remember some years when I was quite young that maybe we did it like three-ish or something. But mm. um, yeah, I think I think that time's pretty decent. So yeah, we we had it at one, and then exactly the same as you, you know. Had had that, and then all of a sudden the Quality Street came out, and I was oh, sat yeah. there uh, gorging on those. My sister put together a um, banoffee pie, which we ran through. Then we were sat said there. That banoffee pie, fan- underrated dessert for oh, me, it, fantastic. Yeah. It, it's a top class dessert. Mm. And then we were sat there, and I, I knew there was profiteroles in the fridge. And I was like, I, I don't know if I can actually do it to myself. So I actually ended up having those after the uh, the Boxing <laughs> Day game. But um, <laughs> we then sat there, and by what? I don't know, nine-ish, we get everything out, out, out again and we've got, you know, pork pies and stuff on the on the pork table di- dipping into all the leftover meat and cheese and biscuits come out. And it's, oh, um, yeah, cheese and biscuits, 100%. Yeah, it was, um, it was heavy, mate. It was heavy, but it was good. I enjoy it. And I'm, and I'm not finished yet. I'm, as I'm sat here recording this, I am surrounded by chocolate. Um, <laughs> it is everywhere I look. <laughs> kind of... Um... I've kind of boycotted Quality Street, mate, because of the ones they got rid of. I was a big fan of the of the Green Triangles. I don't, I don't think they exist anymore with Quality Street, do they? No, the Green Triangle was in... No, I'm pretty sure it was in there when I had it the other day. Was it? Maybe, maybe it was I wasn't. thought they got rid of the Green Triangle. And then didn't they get rid of the Toffee Penny, too? I liked the Toffee Penny. No, Toffee Penny's 100% in there, because I remember I had several of those. Oh, OK. <laughs> they definitely got rid of a couple of controversial ones. I mean, the I think you're right. always, the, the, yeah, always I don't know which ones it was. But no, they're still good, mate. They're still, I mean, for me, the best ones are probably either heroes or celebrations. Yeah, heroes are heroes, different class, mate. Like, Agreed. you know, you talk about roses and quality street. For me, they're so nineteen ninety seven. Now, now roses you're... can do one. Yeah, heroes now, heroes for me all the way. I do get mixed up with quality street and roses. But um, what was your best Christmas present on the day? What would you say? Choose one. I'm talking about wrapping, not on the evening. <laughs> I mean, that's that is shocking. That is. Um, I'm talking about your banoffee pie, mate. Christ, I think, you're talking about. I th- <laughs> oh my god, I think I would probably go with a nice uh, fleece I got from my brother. Oh, a fleece from the brother! Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. That was a. It was a. I mean, I I sent him the link and said, "Can you buy me this?" <laughs> but. <laughs> oh, it's nice of you. So basically, you bought yourself a present. Is what you're yeah, trying to pretty say? Pretty much, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I may I may debut it at uh, at United. Oh really? So. Well, you say that's your best present, mate. But I mean, huge news here, um, and a, and a lot of you know with the the purple cap that you've been wearing uh, this time of year. A lot of people attribute to put out there it's burgundy. burgundy. Attribute it to to you being an Aston Villa fan, which, which you can, by the way you, is not true. Do... I'll jump in there very quickly before yes, you. Yes, you, know, you do deny. I say you do deny, which is which is fine. No problem. I'm saying that, but uh, but you've changed. You've got you've got a new um, a new woolen woolen hat to wear over the over the Christmas period. Is that after? Is that maybe a little bit of after hazing from last year? 
Uh, no, I just realised I only had one hat and needed another hat. So Rosie's dad got me this uh, very nice black one, which, by the way, I really, really like. So, I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bring that out at United as well. Do you have to say that because he's listening to this podcast? So you have to say you really, really like <laughs> no. it because it's not what you said to me on Boxing Day. Funny enough, he's actually an Everton fan. Is he? Uh, so oh, 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 that, that oh. went down well uh, after the game. I'll tell you what, it went down well as well. Um, me trying to put my uh, Wolverhampton Christmas hat on in the middle of Everton territory on that street after our post-match video. I mean, I'm someone who's lived or used to live in uh, in Liverpool for three years at university, and yeah. th- I, I, look, it's not it's not the best area around there. It's be not the best let's area. Be honest. No. Um, I mean, I'm not, I don't know why I'm trying to be nice. I, I absolutely hate Goodison Park as it is anyway, which we'll get on to those reasons mm. as well. Mm. Um, it was a very brave decision, and I was terrified for my life. <laughs> yes. The comedic yeah, timing of anyone who hasn't watched the video, the end of the video of um, the uh, the uh, scouse at the end of it. Uh, I can't say too much, but uh, it, was, um, it was very, very funny. Genuinely, though, like genuinely giddy at the end of that game. I mean, we we had a few issues, didn't we, with the old security guard who were trying to we had to wouldn't let us back into the um, into the media room while Lampard was doing his press conference. So he was he was obviously slightly irritated with. Well, I just think anyone reporting on Wolves, I think obviously it was a massive result for them um, as well in a, in, a, in a bad way. And um, just just I feel like we just got absolutely cold shouldered not just us the Wolves media team as well but we were just genuinely happy weren't we it's just nice to to be in and around a, a post-match atmosphere when when you know how huge that that win was well let's call it for what it was um yeah. Everton were rattled oh big yes. time rattled um the team bottled it Lampard bottled it oh, and, then, and then the staff bottled is. it afterwards here he is oh, uh, oh, oh, oh. staff bottled it security guard was miserable and losing he was mind. miserable miserable as sin um, some woman came over and asked the, the uh, Wolves staff who were just talking in the press box to be quiet um, they should have just held up two fingers or three fingers saying 2-1 oh. and left it at that you know what Goodison Park's a dump and um, <laughs> You know when you say you're thinking about having a drink? Have you had a drink already before this podcast? I haven't, but I hate you're, it. You're there, off mate. on one. I, I hate it. And the, the way you know the... we have to go back there next year before the new stadium. Well, oh, they won't I say that. I say that unless we draw them in the FA Cup when um when one of them when when, he's, when, when their championship maybe. But we we'll probably have to go back there next year, Kino. So you might not get an invite at this rate. Well, if I, I'll just I'll just kick a storm on Twitter if they don't let me in. So it's fine. Oh. I'll, I'll get all the Wolves fans on it. Oh, look at this. Hey, Goodison Park. And there's plenty of lovely people there. However, the one person, um, security guy you mentioned, um, was not very nice. I'll leave it at that. He wasn't very nice. He wasn't very nice. But it was nice. It was nice to walk back at Stanley Park at ridiculous o'clock. And, uh, you know, after a, after a nine... T- oh, I've got to admit, and I've, I've, said, I've said this to you on the day, but the thing about... Goodison Park, and we, I don't like it. I don't. I mean, the media. It just needs. I can't wait for the new stadium because it. The, the the place needs knocking down. Honestly, it's dreadful. Yeah, history or whatever. Bloody bloody blah. As Get a, not just add this very quickly. Sorry. As a mm. as a atmosphere and the fans, I give them a lot of credit. I think the, they're very demanding. The fans and the atmosphere is brilliant. And as an old school sort of uh, close to the pitch stadium, it's intimidating. It's hostile. And that side of it, I love. But yeah, I mean, purely, three away wins in the last four. It's a very intimidating, exactly. mate. But purely because I have to work in very specific facilities when I'm going when I go to Goodison, I absolutely hate going there because the facilities are dreadful. awful. They are awful. 
they are Victorian. It's absolutely awful there. Uh, that's yeah. that's. I'll leave it. Leave it at that. Um, and also, you get there, and you, we park in Stanley Park, which is great that we get some some car parking, I guess. But it's a good it's a good fifteen twenty minute walk to the ground from there. Um, and I'm always I always have a stop on the way, probably about an hour out, where you go and quick services stop. You get your Costa, you get your Starbucks or whatever, get a water. So by the time I get to Stanley Park, I am bursting. And this is not the first time. You know, where we park is is closer to Liverpool than it is to Everton. So Everton's a longer walk. And I'm always like, good God, I need to go. I need to go and have a pee here. But, you know, just got to burst and get into into the media room and and try and get to the toilet. This time, I was halfway through Stanley Park. I'm like, mate, can't do this. I've got to go. I've got to go somewhere. So there was me in the middle of the daytime going into a bush in Stanley Park, relieving myself and backpack on and tripod. Um trying to look out to see if anyone's going by. I didn't want to, you know, indecently expose myself to anyone on Boxing Day. I mean, that would have been a steady start. Probably wouldn't have got into the stadium. Um, and then two kids on brand-new scooters came by. Luckily, one looked across, but don't think saw anything. Um, and, look, you know, we you like, you like your turkey spuds and, and, and sprouts, but no one wants to see that meat and two veg on, uh, on, a, on Boxing Day morning, do they? The kid's looking over and you're in the bush with your tackle out on. <laughs> Felt good though. Oh, it feels good. Oh, I bet it did. Yeah. Oh my god! (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) incredible. Oh dear. Everton one, Wolverhampton Wanderers two. Kino. So many narratives from this game. Um, We 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 were talking before, and we both kind of, I I guess, came to the same conclusion. This was a must not lose game. And look at one one. But we said it was a must not lose game. But if they could somehow, from absolutely nowhere scrape a result no matter what the performance was like that would be just cloud nine and that's kind of exactly what they did because let's be brutally honest Wolves were not good for large periods of this game Liam and Everton could and probably should have been out of sight Um, but they hung in there they showed something that I think out of all the stuff we're going to talk about has been lacking massively for me over the last 18 months and that got them the win, and that's bottle, and a little bit of character, and digging your feet in, um, and and they got the dream result without playing anywhere near like what they can do. But it's just it's just a huge result by hook or by crook. But like I say, for me, there was especially in that last fifteen minutes, especially when they made those changes, backs to the wall, um, Everton fans on top of them. They really showed some character there, and that that for me is as as big as if not bigger than the actual performance and the result. Yeah, absolutely right. Look at uh, some of the chances Everton had in that first half. Um, it was a half where neither side could defend. I mean, let's be honest, it was two poor sides playing against each other. Neither team could defend, um, but Everton created a lot of good chances, and it was a mixture of poor finishing and. Jose saw heroics or last gasp defending. Um, that meant Wolves went into the uh, into the break level. Second half was pretty much uneventful for the majority um, up until a very very <laughs> memorable finish in the ninety fifth minute. So um, Wolves did scrape through because they were soft at times. The amount of times they gave possession up was incredible. To be honest, uh, the turnover in possession actually for both sides um, was. It, it, it was almost Sunday league at times, the way that both teams were giving up the ball. Um, the transitions were sloppy and Wolves didn't really click into gear for the majority of it, albeit the second half was, um, I say uneventful because I don't think 
I think oh, this, both sides are happy for a draw, really. Um, weren't really pushing the envelope. And then Everton tried because they they came under pressure and collapsed under the might of the Everton fans who were urging them to go on, go forward in that last minute, urging them to lump it long. They do, and they lose the ball. And Wolves counter-attack and score. And it, you, you can't really write that. It was incredible. So, um, Wolves didn't deserve to get three points. So let's not dress it up as something that it isn't. Mm. But um, I think a, a draw would have been probably fair just about on the balance of it. And a draw, I think, would have been a good result. We both said that before the game. Yeah. Um, so to take all three is absolutely monumental, as Mikey Burroughs said in his commentary. It's a huge three points that they need to to harness that feeling um, and take it through into the next couple of games. And it takes the pressure off a little bit in these next couple of games as well because they've got a win in a game that they were expected to at least get something from. And now they've got going into a game that no one's expecting to get anything from. I thought the game changed on substitutions, Liam. And Absolutely. Look, um, we, were, we were all surprised, I guess, when he made some of the, some of the changes that he did. I guess... M- Mainly Joe Hodge keeping his place after after coming off at half time against um, who, who did they play? Peterborough was it? Uh, no, it was who, who did they play? Gillingham, sorry, Gillingham in the Carabao <laughs> <That's shocking Cup. laughs> <It's> shocking. <laughs> there was a team in blue, um, but look, kept his place. Um, I thought it was very bold of of, of Lopetegui to go with him to go with a youngster in Bueno. I think some things worked, some things didn't. But for me. When when you've got when they bring on Nunes, Traore, Guedes, they bring on some blokes, they bring on some international talent. You know, these are this isn't just three guys coming on. These are you know Portuguese internationals, Spain internationals, players who can make a difference in games. Albeit some of them can be frustrating at times. Wolves looked a lot better. They made the big call. I mean, you know, Pedence got injured, so Guedes came on. Maybe that change that change obviously stopped. Raúl coming on. Um, I think a few people were were, were suggesting, oh, well, Raúl's finished at the club, etc., etc. Well, he was coming on before that, and it was basically a straight choice. Correct me if I'm wrong, Liam, between doing that or bringing Totti Gomez on and, and going to a back a back five. Which actually, by the way, when Totti Gomez came on, I thought he did an excellent job. I can put, yeah, and I thought I was he was going to say very that. important interceptions, headers, and actually proved. Well, a lot of people would have brought Jimenez on. That that was that was kind of a bit of a masterstroke from from Lopetegui. I completely agree. Uh, the substitutions were were huge, and the difference here is you compare to the Bruno Lage era, where he was heavily criticised for his use of substitutions being too late, not being brave enough, not being decisive enough. Um, Lopetegui made three changes. Those three you mentioned on the 59th minute. Plenty of time for them players to impact the game, and of course they combined for the winning goal. Um, the decision to to bring Geddes on instead of Raul was purely because of Pedenza's injury, so that one's sort of neither here nor there. And the Totti Gomez one, I I said to you during the game when he brought him on, it, I don't know if that, and I was a little bit up in the air with it. But I, does that seem negative to you? I'm not sure. Do you change formation now? I can, you know, in hindsight, I can see the reasons why. You know, Everton were pushing; they were bringing a lot of corners, set pieces, free kicks into the, into the box. And Totti did an excellent job. And I, I stick by this. I genuinely believe that Totti Gomez is good enough to be part of this squad. I think Wolves need centre-back signings. But I will continue to stand by this. That almost every single time he's played for Wolves. In his limited minutes in the last season and a half. Um, he's never really put a foot wrong. He's never really let Wolves down. So I'm a big fan of his. And I do think he deserves to be part of that squad. And, and he proved that. Um, but those changes. 
were instrumental to, to Wolves getting that result in the end. And Lopetegui deserves credit for it. He can only use what he's got in front of him until January. And so far, he's done an excellent job in, in, in getting the, the best out of them um, in terms of results. There's plenty more to come in terms of overall performance. But in terms of results, he's ticking the boxes. Um, have we got an update on Reinout Nori, uh, Liam? Because uh, there was an assault that took place um, in the 95th minute, which I think people, um, <laughs> some people may not be aware of when he scored the goal. And the assault um, took place um, with him against 10 other players on that field because he got absolutely accosted when he, I mean, it, w- it was the perfect timing. It was the perfect end to score. Literally, he's going he's in front of the Travelling Wolves fans. And it's almost enjoyable as the goal, how mental Wolves go, particularly Mates Nunes, who goes bonkers, literally pulls him into the side. I mean, I think I mean, I've looked at it again and again, that goal. It looks like there's some astroturf there, but Nuri didn't even look happy. He looked, looked frustrated that he'd been dragged out, but I think it was just the anger in him and maybe the release of, of you know, six months of frustration with the goal. But he got thrown on and then everybody else piled on. Um, he, was, he was getting held by the throat. He's got like, it's probably a seven or eight man pylon. And then to, to add insult to injury, there comes Adama Traore at the end, <laughs> pushing off and jumping onto him with a man mountain of muscle that he is. I mean, goodness me, how is he? Is he okay? Is he fit? You use a really interesting word there. You said anger. And I think that was a massive part of some of those uh, celebrations, wasn't it? Mm. Because you look at Nunes, as I tweeted about um, after the game as well, he went absolutely insane. Um, Nori, Totti Gomez, uh, the Adamas you mentioned, pretty much Jose Sar running the whole pitch, exactly, 90 yards. Exactly. You've got to name everyone, really, because they went absolutely potty. And um, as you would do, you know, the fans, Wolves fans are, are always brilliant. And there's always insane limbs in the away end when something like that happens. Oh, it, was, it was brilliant because the angle we've got from from the press box is you can sort of pretty much directly see the, the away end. So the angle mm. I got was amazing of, of seeing those celebrations. Um, so all of that is. Is brilliant, but the anger well, I slag, side. Of it, I, slag, I slag Everton off though, to be honest, Liam. But because it's so cramped in that press box, people who don't know, I normally leave two to three minutes before the end so I can go and get the fans, and I've got to go all the way around the side of the stadium. But I literally couldn't in that situation. Other, but if I could, then I would have missed the goal. So exactly, yeah. It, so in some ways, some ways I can't, I can't knock them too much. But it, it was massive, and for me, and I haven't, I haven't spoken to this about this re- recently, but. When I look back, and, and again, I've said I've been watching it on loop, the reaction. But I was pleased with the Nunes reaction, yep. who, you know, has had a difficult start, let's be honest, from becoming the record. I know the record signing has now been broken again. We'll come on to that. But the record signing has been disappointing. You know, he's had to be benched twice after coming back from the World Cup for Joe Hodge. I mean, you know, he's obviously building his his work rate back up, etc. But still, him going mental, Geddes is... Uh, reaction was really good as well. He's one who's had his head down, and and I feel like that was good just to see them. Jao Moutinho from the bench after you know after he'd, he'd been subbed off, I thought he did okay. Jao actually against Everton, but he's gone crazy. It was good to see some of those people who you've you know we've let's be honest we've questioned recently go and 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 be part of of a moment that that hopefully projects Wolves outside of this relegation zone in future matches and to Premier League safety. Yeah, it's a show of unity, isn't it? And it's the whole squad uh, coming together for a brilliant moment. But that, yeah, you, you pick out the reactions of those players and, and I couldn't agree more. And as I say, I tweeted about Nunes 
um, partially because of his uh, his reaction to the goal and, and how intense he was. Um, but also, I can obviously expand a bit on that tweet now, is that I've always spoken about him this season as someone who I don't think I've ever seen him not try, bar when he came off, I think it was Brentford away, Brentford and he came was, off yeah. injured, didn't he? Yeah. And me and you, I think, very rightfully slated him because he did not want to be there, from what I can yeah. tell. I thought he yeah. was very, very poor. Mm-hmm. Other than that, for me, he's always put the effort in. In some ways, he's been trying a little bit too hard to force something to happen for him, force a goal, force an assist, because he's desperate to make something happen. Um, so I can't fault him for that. And I have to just reiterate what I said at the back end of my tweet, that that kind of passion is what Wolves are going to need between now and May if they're mm-hmm. going to stay in the Premier League. And that's yeah. not just from Nunes, that's from every single player in a Wolves shirt and every player that's joining the club in January, because... They are going to need that kind of attitude and application to get them through and uh, and survive. And it was nice to see in an isolated incident, and now it's a case of putting that together mm-hmm. over the next five months. And I think they've got enough here to do it. They've got enough characters here to do it um, with some additions as well, which we know are coming. Lopetegui's reaction as well, great, you know. Yeah, and, brilliant. Uh, and, and then you know, the, in the foreground, just pops up his uh, his Lampard afterwards, which uh, obviously devastating for them. But I don't really care, to be honest. Don't really care. Um, when you when you've only haven't scored two goals many times this season, you get a third win. I mean, it's nice that we've talked about Wolves, who have a couple of times, I think Liam, even though they scored eight goals before this game, had got into had taken the lead and then lost. This was the first time, of course, this season where they they won from coming from behind, which again is. Is is a great sign, and look at the dream start for Lopetegui, isn't it? Goodness me, you're through to a, a Carabao Cup quarter-final and you get an absolutely huge win. We talked about the Everton game being more important if you're going to win a game than Manchester United because of them being in and around Wolves and only a point between them now. Just a, what, I mean, what a fantastic start for that. And for people to buy into to Lopetegui, if they needed to do it, they shouldn't do because of his pedigree. But if any players weren't too sure, whatever, that, that really gives you... Um, momentum going forward and like you say Liam for signings potentially and we know that they're going to be coming in to, to look at them and go oh well, that looks a lot better because let's be honest your player coming in on a two three four year deal or a loan deal you look at the table and it looks a hell of a lot better than what it did you know on on, on Christmas day so all of a sudden everything that that's gone Wolves' way and, and needed to and I think they've deserved it um, is is fantastic moving forward. Yeah, and you look at um, look at the table, and it's only you know two, three results, string a couple together within you know four, five, six games, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're fourteenth. Yeah, um, not to say that Wolves are going. It's going to be that easy for Wolves, certainly not, because you know teams will pick up points. But if you can get a few results um, over the next, as I say, four or five games, mm-hmm. you put yourself in a very good position. And I'd like to point out as well, Lopetegui's um, reaction in in the press conference with us. Um, because it wasn't the um, the most exciting quote. It wasn't from a journalist's point of view. It wasn't the you know the sexiest answer we could have given us. Um, I don't think we're ever going to get that, are we? No, you don't no, mind exactly. that. But I, and I think if you're going to look at it objectively and not look at it as right, I want him to give me something killer here as a you know as a journalist. Look at it objectively and what he's saying and what he's doing. I think it was very very sensible because he sat there. He's not got carried away. He said, "This is one result. We'll enjoy it." But it's over. It's finished, and we now mm-hmm. need to move on to the next game. Um, it, it's something that you expect an elite and experienced manager to say, and the reason is because he knows that that one win is not going to save Wolves from relegation. If they lose the next, you know, twenty games, then then they're down. So um, he's very realistic, very cool, calm, and collected. Which again, I, I tweeted after the game, and it's not going to get fans off their seat 
you know, reading his press conference stuff. I don't, I don't want to knock my, uh, my my articles before they come out, but it's not gonna. It's not the most exciting stuff. Um, but he brings this real sense of of Wolves have got a top class manager here. I really mm. believe that, and he's he's bringing all his experiences, uh, all his knowledge to a club that is in a dire situation and we have to have faith that he's going to get them out of it and he's given us no reason to, to doubt that in the last week or so and and that for Wolves fans can only be a good sign yeah I mean it's it's great a couple of players I want to talk about uh, Liam Ryan Aitnori not just because he scored the winner but and I've said it actually today in my uh, comment on on the newsletter which by the way newsletter um, I don't think we mentioned before on this podcast is out now Basically, a one-stop shop, everybody, for every single Wolves articles. You don't, need to, you don't need to log on to the website. You don't need to do anything. It will come straight to your inbox. You'll be able to then look and read every single story that we put out, every single video, every single daily news story. It gets into your basket about 11 a.m. in the morning. And myself or Liam will have, a, will have a new comment on that every single day about a different take about Wolves, about in and around the club. So if you haven't subscribed, first of all, do it because you can win a signed wolf shirt, which I'll be drawing out in about a week's time. And second of all, how you do it, um, every single Wolves article at the top, there's a little box, stick your email address in there, you'll get sent like a link and a password or whatever and um, click on that, verify it, and then all of a sudden, there you go, you're going to be getting a, a Wolves newsletter into your inbox six days a week. So do it, it's completely free, and like I say, you could win a signed Wolves Astro Pay shirt, so come on. Get involved um, while you can. Right, um, completely forgot what I was saying there. Oh yes, Ryan Aknuri and Dama Traore, two guys who, for me, uh, have been linked with moves away from Wolves. Look, different circumstances, of course. Ryan Aknuri, if he if he moved away, would be um, would be a substantial fee, you would assume, and Dama Traore would not be a substantial fee because he would be going for free because he's free to talk to anyone at this moment in time, and you know could sign a a pre-contract agreement um, as and when he wishes. These are two guys who we talked about earlier changing the game and changing the impact. But for me, Liam, and I've said it today, I look at the left-back and I thought I think Hugo Boyne has done a great job and I think he's going to be a really exciting prospect in the future and I think that he's going to be an excellent player. I'm not too sure whether Hugo Bueno is should be an absolute mainstay with where Wolves are at this moment in time going into this this relegation fight. I would prefer to have Ryan out Norway. If I'm picking the side against Manchester United, I would prefer to have Ryan out Norway in that, in that side. And it might be a horses for courses thing, but with Johnny with his injuries, with Ryan out Norway, with Hugo Bueno, Ryan Giles obviously is, is doing great at Middlesbrough as well. You know, he's one for the future. They've got a plethora of really excellent talent here. I still think if I'm picking my left back tomorrow, or left wing back, I pick Ryan Atnori. I think he's the best one that we've got. So I hope that he stays. I hope that they don't look to to move him on. And maybe this might, people say, add a lot more money to his transfer fee. But I want him staying at Wolves for the for the for the foreseeable future. I feel like he's one player who could really kick on in the next two years and become from good to absolutely fantastic. He really could do. And you don't want to lose that potential. Um, and the second one, of course, like I say, is Adama Traore, who. Yes, we'll have offers. We'll have offers, but let's be let's be fair here. If he really does buy into Julian Lopetegui and Wolves going forward and signs a contract, if they can get him to sign a contract, I would one hundred percent bite your hand off. He offers. Look, I don't think I don't think Adama Traore is 
a starter going forward every single week. I don't think he's ever going to be that kind of a player, Liam. I think he is a player that will start some games, but also just because he's not a, a regular starter and he comes on and is an impact sub, that's as good as a starter for me. And you know, people say, well, is he worth it if he's, going to, he's not going to start every week? Well, yes, he is because he's changing games. England and Fosun and Wolves can pay him a lot more money than what other people are offering. If you're offering him eighty, ninety thousand pounds a week, you know, if you're going to France, if you're going to Spain, if you're going somewhere else, they might not be able to offer that, depending on whether he's a free. So for me, I still think that they should do everything in their power to get him to sign a new deal would be great. I know I've gone on a little bit, but um, I'll leave the floor to you for both Ike Nori and Troy, whether you, your opinion differs. So yeah, I think on Ike Nori, it's. Did you have a three? Did you, did you have a three-course meal there before before you got to speak? You could have gone back for the Christmas dinner again. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I went for a shower, mate. I was, I was in and out nice and quick. Um, yeah, I think it's a little bit perhaps harsh on Bueno to say, look, I don't think he's done anything wrong to, to lose his place yet. I'll put it that way. Um, he okay. wasn't particularly outstanding against Everton. It was, you know, very lightweight for, for the Mina goal. He got shoved to the floor too too easily and, and could have done better. Got caught out a couple of times. There was also, as you phrased it to me, which was pretty accurate, hospital passes into him that... Um, were unfair on him and put him in a difficult position um, mm-hmm. on a couple of occasions. So I think it was his one of his more average performances against Everton. Um, but I do think at the moment he he's offering a bit of balance on that side, which is defensively, I think he's solid enough. I think there's improvement to make, but solid enough. Going forward, very effective. Aitnori, I think, going forward is excellent. He scored obviously two goals off the bench uh, against Gillingham and, um, and Everton. Um, defensively, he's he's had good moments in a Wolves shirt, without a doubt. But he has a lot of work to do there, and I think that's the reason why he hasn't really started these first two games, and why Bueno is um, is being picked ahead of him. Um, Lopetegui pretty much uh, you know said that in the, in the press conference as well when I asked about Aignori. So yeah, there, there's work to do with him. But I, what I will agree with you is that I would like to see him stay. You know, look at his age, look at the fee Wolves paid for him, which was um, a decent investment, but not you know, crazy money. Um yeah. and, and I think there's as a as an investment financially and as a footballer, uh, a lot more Wolves can get out of him in the next few years than there would be in January or summer. So um for my money I would love to, to keep hold of him and have him as an option. And and if you do, you have him and Bueno. I genuinely genuinely believe, even though they're young, that those two are enough at left back until the summer and then you mm-hmm. make then you make uh a judgment then if you need to bring anyone else in but I think they're enough I genuinely do I think there's other positions that are more pressing at the moment and those two are, are good enough players for the Premier League so yeah I'd like to keep Peyton Ori and Adama I don't change my position on him I never I never have um, he's frustrating at times um, even times in the Everton game where me and you were just urging him to run at the defender mm. he had a 1v1 uh, opportunity at one point and, and didn't take on I think it was Mikolenko didn't take him on came inside and, and passed it's frustrating at times. Do what you're best at, and that is knock it beyond a player and get round him. And that's what Chiro is best at. So a little bit frustrating at times, but what he adds, and we use, you know, Nuno used to use this word all the time, and, and it's a bit of a cliche now, but he is a unique footballer. You're not going to find anyone else like him. And I think he offers a lot to this team. And I agree with you primarily as a bench player. There are games where he should start and will start, but he, he brings a lot of impact off the bench. And you see how he combined for the. For the for the winning goal, uh, set Nate Nori up. It wasn't an outstanding cross, but it was a lot better than other <laughs> other examples we've got from him. 
and um, and it was enough to, to get the goal. So I would absolutely keep the pair of them. It's going to be it's going to be interesting how it develops with both, and particularly as you mentioned with, with Adama because of the situation with his contract. But there is definitely potential there for Lopetegui to convince him, and it's going to be a watch this space moment. I actually think that Traore's delivery has improved uh, markedly this season. Actually, you know, like the, the little dinks, uh, he's not overhitting it. It's not going out into the south bank. I feel like, look, it's not hundred percent, of course not, but the crosses that he is putting in, he's put plenty into the mixer before. I don't know whether it's, you know, I can remember Diego Costa missing an absolute sitter uh, in one of the games. I forgot which one it was. As a header that just went by the post, should score. Um, and as long as he's getting it in that area and he's giving the ball a chance for me I, I think I think that's golden and if he is going to be primarily a substitute and I don't disagree with you Liam I think from an impact point of view especially in games he is a weapon and, and that doesn't mean to say that just because he's going to be mainly a substitute he should not be offered a, a big contract a big money like that's that's for me you know I'm not going to say as important as a starter but at the same time you know when you if you're changing games and you're getting results it's the money that that he's saving from from you know from delivering that, like I said, that's one point to three points. That's a two point difference, really, from that triore from that run and and getting it in there. Those are those are huge. That that can equate to millions and millions and millions of pounds. So if you're going to pay someone handsomely to sit on your bench for seventy five percent of the time, then for me, especially with the way Wolves spent money recently, so be it. Yeah, I think that's that's fair enough. You know, you've got a you've got to find a balance because he's going to want to play minutes, isn't he? He's going to want to start games, so you've got to find a balance of keeping him happy and getting the most. I think there out are games him. that he can start in, though, Liam. No, no, I absolutely, do genuinely absolutely. think you've got to find that balance, though, and you've also got to not not only keeping him happy but also having allowing him to have the most impact on the game. Um, mm. And he could definitely have that from from starting a game as well. It depends on the opposition and the tactics for that particular opponent. Um, but he brings a lot. He really does bring a lot to the team, and I, and I think Wolves would would be silly not to try and keep him. Of course, uh, Lopetegui said, "Look, we're, we're going to offer him something. We're going to try and keep hold of him." Um, and it's whether they can convince him now. And, and, and you would hope that. Well, I put it this way: Wolves have got the best chance than they've had for the last eighteen months, two years, of keeping hold of him um, mm-hmm. purely because of having Lopetegui there. I think a manager like that, um, by definition, is going to give you a better uh, opportunity of keeping hold of a player like a Damachore. So. It's going to yeah. be an interesting, interesting few months, and let's hope he doesn't sign anywhere in the meantime. No, absolutely. Look, just touch wood as well. Um, and look, they get a lot of stick, and there's different regimes that have come in. But the previous medical side, or Nuno's medical team, you know, Bruno's medical team, and and obviously the, the medical team that are coming in at the moment as well. Fair play, because if you remember, and this is on a triori, but obviously on the rehab as well multiple dislocations in that shoulder and we talk and we you know laugh, laughing a joke about the baby oil etc that comes on but and, and look I say again touch wood it doesn't happen but that hasn't happened for a while and that's you know sometimes that gets forgotten about but really there's a hell of a lot of work that's gone on behind the scenes to make that happen and to strengthen that shoulder to give him different programs to make sure that he's in the best possible chance so that when he is taking players on and these players literally can't you know got no chance of of, of catching up with him, that they're not tugging on him and, and they see a weakness there. And hopefully that's that, that's gone away long term now. But that is something that I think has been important as well to his game, where maybe that hesitancy of, oh, I don't want to do this again, or or that reluctancy is not there now. And I think that's when you're seeing the, the biggest impact for him. Yeah, that's when you're going to get the best out of him as well, when he, when he that's not playing on someone's mind. It's difficult mm-hmm. with injury because you're always going to have that, regardless of what the injury is. Um, 
I think you know Neto didn't particularly look uh, to his best um, when, when he came back, and, and you'll see Johnny actually ironically had a quite a good impact when he first came back from his second ACL, and then uh, this season hasn't hasn't been the same. So um, it's difficult to again it's it's finding a balance of getting that player mentally and physically physically right, and they're both important. And, and credit to to where Troy's got himself too, because I think he's got himself in a good place. Um, you've got to have an impact now for the, for the rest of the season because it's very likely that he'll be at Wolves until the summer at least. Um, so you now got to get the best out of him. And I think I'll come back to Lopetegui, which I think is a real key uh, ingredient, not just for Wolves, but particularly for the Adama Traore situation. Um, if he can get the best out of him, Wolves have got the best chance. Uh, and it's as simple as that. Uh, a few things I want to get through, news and notes-wise, Liam, so we'll, we'll attack these. Uh, first of all, uh, probably just leaving the Everton game, or the last the last thing we mentioned before we move on from Everton, uh, Nathan Collins has got quite a lot of stick recently for his display. Um, for, for me, there were a few stray passes there. I think I think a little bit of a pile-on. Like I say, I'm not going to take social media sometimes. You know, you can take it with a pinch of salt, but I think it's a little bit unfair. Yes, he didn't have his best game. I didn't think Max Kilman had his best game, actually, to be honest, either. Uh, but for some reason, they've gone for Collins. Look, again, Bruno, and we were privy to this in pre-season, completely changed. Not only the formation, but the way that they defend central defensively as a pair. Um, painstakingly at times, how he took them step by step by step by step, how he wanted them to play. And it's a completely different, not just, you know, oh, you're defending as a back four, you're defending as a back five. Okay, well, we'll adapt the way we play, but they're from their body positions, from step to step, backing away, step to not turning, like it was, whistle, okay, step, step, stop, okay, let's talk about this for 20 minutes, whistle, stop, stop, talk, let's talk about it for 10, 15 minutes more, then we'll play, now we'll stop and go in. It was a complete breakdown of how they defended as central defenders compared to what they were used to, compared to that new regime. Now Bruno's gone, Lopetegui comes in, and he will have his own way of how they defend as a four and as a five. And to me, Liam, it looks like there's the bit of Bruno and the way that they want to back away and not turn, and there was a little bit of like how they're being coached now. And, and I think they're in a bit of a no-man's land sometimes, and that sometimes doesn't help, and maybe they give away possession, or they look a little bit ropey, or the, or the passes are a little bit astray. And I feel that once they've got that from Lopetegui going forward and once they understand that and they buy into it and they can kind of leave what the system and, and the way that they've been defending behind, then I think we'll see the best of them because I'm not. People are talking about get rid of Nathan Collins' championship. I'm like, that's ridiculous to me. Absolutely insane. But it's going to take time for these guys to become comfortable in, this, in, in the new system. Yeah, I think that's fair. You, you look at them individually as players and I think they've got a lot of quality. Um, I would agree that they're somewhere in limbo with... with get into grips with the the way they defend and, and tactically how they bring the ball out, um, which is going to take time with not just them, but pretty much everyone in the team because Lopetegui's got his own ideas, of course. Um, but I think they're both very, very talented players who, because of their age and experience, um, albeit you, there's an argument for Kilman now, I think he's 25 now, isn't he? Uh, 24, 25. He's, got a, he's getting to a point now where he should be becoming more comfortable and taking a bit more of a leadership role, particularly as a defender. But I think the counter to that would be that he's not actually been, you know, in a first team environment as a first choice central defender for that long. Um, he's been very much a bit part, obviously came to the academy originally and has worked his way into that position. So there's an argument there with that, but look at their age and their experience. And I think they just need a little bit of guidance. And that's for me where the transfer window comes in. I said it last week, 
Wolves need at least one centre back. Arguably two, dependent on 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 what happens with Totti and Yerson. Yerson Mascara is most likely going to going to go out on loan um, when they bring a signing in. Um, depends on what they're going to do with with Totti and whether they're going to play a five or a four going forward. Um, but I think I think they definitely need one signing, an experienced head, a big character, and someone who can just give them a little bit of guidance, take the pressure off them a little bit as well. And then you'll see these mistakes start to filter out, and you'll see them become more comfortable tactically. You'll see them become more comfortable um, in their own voice as well. And I think they're two very good players that will only will only improve. So it, the problem is you've got to get through this painful period to get them to, to that point. But if they can get through that, there's a lot more to come from these two. Yeah, well, that's a nice segue talking about transfers. That's what we're going to go on to. So so thank you very much, Liam, for teeing that up for me, doing my job for me, as always. Um We'll talk about that. Let's talk about um, a little bit of a, I guess, surprise bit of transfer news uh, and what, an exclusive from you, Liam, about about um, about Sarkic and the fact that he could be one of the people who may may go out on loan or, or permanently as they look to bring in another number two. I think from um, people coming in and, and talking about the needs for Wolves, I don't think the reserve keeper would be quite high up the priority list or maybe you know anything that anyone would have would have talked about so the fact that this may happen and, and there may be a move in january is caught i think quite a few people unaware yeah and, and it's actually slightly more uh, not to do you a disservice uh, mm. my good friend but it's slightly more it's slightly more interesting than just a number 2 as well because okay um it takes a little bit of explaining because of january summer and how and there's a lot of ifs and buts really uh, involved. But the idea is that Wolves want to bring in essentially what is a number one quality goalkeeper. Not necessarily to to take Sars' position straight away and he'll be out of the team, but someone to give him real serious competition for his for his position. Because, let's be honest, as it stands, Sar is never going to get dropped for, for the Premier League. It's not going to happen. No. Um, it, it wouldn't have happened when John Ruddy was here either. No dis- disrespect to him, but um, Sar was always... Number one, and competition is very, very important. Not just for goalkeeper. You look at across the board. Look at the two centre backs we just spoken about. They've got no competition at all. Um, I think Totti Gomez is a very good player, but I don't think he's going to start ahead of those two. He'll start if it's a five, but not ahead of them. So you need players who are genuinely good enough to start every single week as competition for these positions. Um, so the idea is that Wolves want to bring in a number one quality goalkeeper, someone who they genuinely think can can be number one and play ahead of Saar, if that opportunity to present itself. So if Saar goes on a run of mistakes, messy, you know, whatever it might be, bad form, bad performances, they can bring this player in and say, look, you're going to play the next two, three, four games and it's your shirt to lose. Um, that's the idea. So the problem is they may not be able to do that in January because it's not the number one priority um, for positions. Um, and they've also got to have a solution for Sarkic as well, which could be a loan, could be a permanent. So they want to bring in a number one quality keeper if they can't do it in January, they're prepared to bring in another number two to replace Sarkic, but perhaps someone a bit more experienced with a bit more um, who, who might play, you know, more in the cup competitions, whatever it might be. So, regardless, they want to bring in a goalkeeper and give Sarkic an opportunity to, to go elsewhere. Um, but it very much depends um, on the kind of deal they can do as to whether it's uh, a better number two or a competition for number one um, and that and that is really down to the market and what they're able to do so it'll be yeah again an interesting one to to watch out for and while I got wind of that information I was maybe a tad surprised as well because I you know have spoke to Sarkic a couple of times he's very ambitious very confident I, I don't think he's been particularly bad in his performances um, but I do think he's a little bit 
raw and rough around the edges. Um, not amazing with his feet. Um, I think at, at times a little bit soft. There was a couple of goals in one of the Marbella friendlies that just went through him. So um, I think there's a player there definitely, but he's a player that probably needs another season or two in the championship. And Wolves may not be able to, to wait around for that. So that's the latest on the goalkeepers and, and, and where they might go. I think it's easy. To, it's difficult, difficult to, for me, difficult to bring in like a one A and a one B at a keeper. And, and you said that you know whether it might be January or, or next year. But very rarely is someone going to come to a club knowing that they're number two, um, who's first team worthy and and stay on the bench for me. Like I, I think I feel like you have. I feel like a lot of clubs have this narrative that they're going to push the keeper all the way. But realistically, they know they're the number two until something happens. Like you say, it could be a major dip in form or. Or um, you know, or an injury, which is fine. You need someone who's ready to go and can play a series of games. But I mean, Jose Sars just pulled off. I know, I know. Keepers have errors from time to time. And Jose Sars has had a few moments, but at the same time, I mean, you talked about it earlier. But that save, Anthony Gordon, that's a match-winning save. That's a match-winning save. That's the difference between Wolves leaving with zero points and three points. Um, I'd, I'd be stunned unless they're bringing someone in because they're looking to potentially move Sar on, which again I'd be very disappointed with. Um, and maybe having that backup that there is a number one ready, but I'd be I'd, I'd be shocked if someone comes in as as someone who is almost an equal to Sar and he's got to wait for his chance and it's literally one or the other. Yeah, it's it's, it's difficult. How many teams do that? How many teams have that? You know, let alone top class teams, let alone Wolves. I, I, I'll be honest. I think there's a couple of clubs that have got some some very good backup goalkeepers. But you're you're right. You know, you've got a the word is balance again. It's the word that springs to mind for me all the time because you it's difficult to keep everyone happy, particularly in a position that has only got you know one position available. Um, and if you're going to bring a, a number one quality goalkeeper in. To, to give Saar competition, you've got to give him enough minutes to keep him happy as well, and that's very difficult to do. At the same time, the argument that you need to have that competition to to breed the kind of form that we've seen from Jose Saar, um, I think is a very valid one. Um, and I use the centre-back as, 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 as an example, and there's other positions I can use as well, where players know that, you know, unless they get an injury or unless it's a rotation for a, a cup game against a lower league side, they're going to pretty much keep their position every single week um, regardless of whether they perform regardless of whether they score goals or whether they keep a clean shield or whatever it might be so um, I think you have to have that competition and Wolves as a squad is a little bit unbalanced um, needs a little bit more quality and depth and potentially this this goalkeeper signing if they're able to do it um, will offer a bit more of that and you might see some more improved form from Saar who's, who's still been good enough this season but not quite been at his top level Okay, um, we're going a little bit over this week. Apologies, but look, we don't we don't get to talk about a win every day of the week, well, so we did spend point. a lot of time against Everton. Um, but you are doing it on your day off, Kino, so I am I understand. So thank you very much. So so obviously props to you. Um, strike situation, right? Raúl Jiménez, what's the latest on his future? And also, uh, Wolves linked with um, the top scorer in the Championship, a Coventry City striker. Please tell us more. Yeah, so so with Raul, obviously there was reports um, around about the Marbella trip that that Wolves um, were, were you know happy to let him go and um, Lopetegui was not interested, etc. etc. I, I reported at the time that look, he, he's not even really got in front of the manager yet. They they want to have time to look at him and 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 learn about what he is as a player and and as a person and and make a decision on him. Um, a couple of reports again in the last day or two 
say that they've made their decision he's definitely going to go in January. Um, latest I'm hearing is it's not quite as cut and dry as that. You know, There's no real firm decision made on that. It's definitely not impossible. Um, I think it would be silly to, to pretend that he's definitely definitely staying and, and there's no movement. But um, I think you have to give him a little bit more time than, he, than he's got. And I think there's a decision to make there. And also, don't, don't forget, he almost came on against Everton. Um, and he would have done had Pedence not get injured. So... They're obviously prepared to play him. Um, I'd be surprised if he doesn't have some decent impact, whether that's from the start or from the bench against Man United as well. So, um, yeah, it's one to watch. In terms of the Coventry player you mentioned, I'm going to absolutely butcher the pronunciation, I'm sure. I'm excited for this. Um, That's why I said Coventry City striker. (laughs) I didn't mention him by name. You you, you always do that to me. (laughs) Um, So, luckily, his first name's quite easy, Victor. Um, well done. I'm going to go Victor Gikorez, as I believe what it is, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, so uh, bear with me if I'm if I'm getting that wrong. Um, a 24 year old uh, Swedish striker um, has been looking very good for, for for Coventry this season in the Championship. Scored 12 goals uh, in all competitions, which ironically are all in the, in the league actually, um, and um, is joint top goal scorer in, in in the second division as it stands. Um, a few clubs looking at him, Everton, Fulham, been linked with him. Um, there was a couple of uh, sort of rumours going around about Wolves. Um, I can confirm there is there is interest there um, from Wolves, so it'd be interesting to see if they if they make a move. But they like him; they've they've been watching him, um, and I've been speaking to. Of you know me, I always do in in depth research, um, which on my day off today, uh, <laughs> on my day off today, resulted in me having a back and forth WhatsApp conversation with a friend of mine who's uh, goes home and away to watch Coventry. Uh, so it took a lot of effort from me. Um, so I'll, I'll just read through some of the things he said about him. Um, he said he's absolutely quality, so there's no no bias there. Um, been playing as a as a lone striker um, and, and plays best with the number 10 behind him. So you look at tactically and how Wolves tend to play, um, he seems to, to suit the system. Um, I did see one goal actually uh, I think it was from November I forget who it was against but he brought the ball down with his back to goal around about the halfway line turned inside a defender and charged all the way through the half and and finished Um, good pace good power uh, excellent touch great with his back uh, to goal and and jostling defenders Uh, and these are all similar things that my friend said as well from from the goal I saw Um, he said his ability to, to turn and face Keeping hold of the ball and shrugging off defenders is is, is excellent. Um, not rapid, but quite quick. Not the best in the air, apparently, which surprises me considering his um, sort of stature. But he's, he rarely gets any goals from 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 the air. But that doesn't really suit Wolves either. So um, I think as a, as a style of a striker, he definitely is someone who who fits the the bill for Wolves. And for me, on a personal level, I'm quite pleased that they're looking at the Championship because I think Wolves have neglected that market too much. And there's a lot of very good players there. Um, equally, this is without doubt his best spell as a professional footballer. He was at Brighton uh, originally as, as, a, as a young lad, came uh, from abroad and moved over, played a couple of cup games from then, went on loan to Swansea, then on loan to Coventry before signing permanently there. Um, so it's his first real season of, of you know finding the goal, finding the net um, regularly. But Wolves are looking at him, and I think it could be a potentially exciting squad option if, if they if they do decide to make a move. But there is interest then. It looks like, you know, from everyone is desperate for goal scorers, desperate for strikers, aren't they? Especially when you're struggling at the bottom. Um, I mean, Mateus Cunha is obviously someone who's going to come in and hopefully score some goals. But 
if Raul is to go, you think that they do need that striker. You know, Fabio Silva is going to come back next season. You've obviously got Kalajic, who's going to be back as well. Um, Diego Costa's here. I assume that Diego Costa will be here next summer. Um, astonishingly, I mean, if you told me Diego Costa was going to play 90 minutes in a game, I would have, told, I'd have given you a slap and said no chance. But just remarkably, with how the substitutes worked out, he ended up doing it. Um, I assume that if if they did bring in, let, let's say that let's say they got him and got him over the line, and that's Cunha, there, there would be someone who would have to leave the club, and that would probably be Raúl. Would you say if 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 this deal happened? I suppose it depends on whether they see Cunha as playing more out wide or not. You know, he he has been a central striker, but he has also played on both wings for Atletico. So it's very much dependent on on how they see fitting him in. We have also seen Lopetegui play two strikers together at times. So it'd be interesting okay. if they see. Um, they see that as something to move forward with and change the system slightly. So I wouldn't say it's it, it's cut and dry again that you know a, a player would have to leave if they brought another forward in. Um, but just it, just bulk out, get through this, get through the summer, and then we'll reassess. Potentially, then, you know. but I do think I do think it's also very possible because you're going to have you know it's going to be crowded in those positions as well. I mean, players are going to want to play football. So um, the idea, though, as far as we're concerned, is that Wolves want to bring players in before allowing players to go. Mm-hmm. So we may see several positions um, that are like this if Wolves do bring in another forward where um, they bring in a player that you think they don't really need someone there and then later in the, in the window in January or if they have to wait till summer someone will leave so um, they want to bring the players in first before they let anyone anyone go out so uh, yeah be, be one to watch it'll be interesting um, because he, he, he you know if you get a player particularly a striker in form scoring goals um it doesn't always work when they move elsewhere, but if you catch them in that perfect moment when they're in form, mm. they often carry that over. A lot of strikers, it seems. So um, he's certainly in form at the moment. You know, just looking at his goals in the last, uh, he scored in each of his last three games. Um, Missed a penalty as well, I think, on Monday, I believe, at Sheffield oh, United. Don't, don't don't put a down on it. What do you? No, no, I'm just it? saying it could it could be the it could be the joint top score. I think it could be top yeah, score. Yeah, no, exactly. Put his penalty exactly. So you know he's he's been in, he's been in fine form, and he's someone they're interested in. They're looking at, and the reports, you know, if they're to be believed, are he would cost around about ten to fifteen million um, is what Coventry would be asking for. So, you know, I don't think um, I don't think it's a very high risk transfer for Wolves if they were to do it. I think it's a a pretty easy one for them to get over the line if they if they do decide to go go for it. So it'd be it'd be it'd be very uh, very interesting to see if they if they make that move. But I do think there's one that's got it's got potential to to, to develop. And um, and look, Manchester City need the money, don't they? As well, desperately. So well, exactly, you know, something 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 that could happen. Um, Diego Costa, what do you what do you make of him so far? I mean, for me, he'll 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 drop down the list pretty quickly. Um, depending on when, if and when these strikers are, are are ready, I think he stays until the end of the season. I think he'll make some some appearances off the bench. I don't think he'll be a starter. Um, but look, the way he is around people, the way he is, and it sounds silly because you know you don't pay someone to to be a character. But I feel like he is an infectious character, and he's got that experience. He's got that respect because of what he's done previously. Yes, he's not the same player. He's nowhere near the same player as what he used to be. I don't think anyone signed up that he would be the same player that he was going to be when he when when, when Wolves got him. But in and around the training ground, you know, hugging, laughing, you know, messing about, playing pranks, 
this is this, this isn't professional football, and they're like, yeah, this is this is what you want from them. But at the same time, I think you kind of do um, from where Wolves are because they've lost those characters, they've lost the Codys, the Saces, you know, these the Ruddies, these type of people who were in and around the dressing room. It was for me, they just look like ghosts. And I'm not saying that that should be why Wolves signed them, but at the same time, if he's going to help people, you talked about you know Cunha and the video that they that they put out of him walking in the dressing room and and doing his you know doing his video and him talking about arriving and he said you know Lopetegui and Diego Costa were, were two of the reasons why I joined this football club if he's recruiting people if he's if he's talking you know great things about the club if he's enjoying himself for, for me you know even from an ambassadorial point of view and a role um let alone him playing 90 minutes yeah he probably should have done better in a couple of headers but I think you I think you you use him and, and abuse him really because I think he's great and he's he seems to be enjoying life and and that's only good so I'm 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 all for it. Yes, on the pitch, he's not hes not the striker that Wolves want. But at the same time, you know, when beggars can't be choosers, we haven't got a fit striker at this moment in time who can start a Premier League football game. And uh, he's always going to be in, in the thick of it. And, and for me, that's that's to keep him to the end of the season for, for on a one-year deal, then happy days. Yeah, I think he will stay to the end of the season. I think that, that is probably what, the most likely situ- situation anyway. And look, he's, he's signed the deal. They... He's bringing things to the club, that, you know, things you've just mentioned. But if he's starting and playing ninety minutes come February, I'll be absolutely gobsmacked. I don't think. No, stunned, I, I think yeah. I think he drops down to third choice, um, if not lower. I'll be stunned if he completes quickly. another ninety minutes in a wolf shirt. Liam, yeah, I'll be honest. It'd, it'd be very, it'd be very quick that he that he drops down. So, um, but you know, he, he's brought he's brought some things to the club uh, more probably off the pitch than on it. If we're being brutally honest, um, I think everything. In his mind is there, you know. He's trying to make the right movements. the The intelligence and football, uh, you know, positioning and movement intelligence is there. But I don't think his body really is up to the task anymore. If I'm being perfectly honest, um, I would love it if he if he ends this season with a couple of goals under his belt. Mm-hmm. I, I really would, because Wolves will benefit, but also for him. Um, but I'm just not. Oh, that, the scenes if he scored. I know, by the exactly. way, but I'm just oh, not that at the moment. If I'm honest. Um, and off the bench, I don't know what he's what he's going to add really either, apart from a bit of an aerial threat in the last five ten minutes of a game. If you if you're chasing, so um, yeah, he, he's not been the saviour Wolves needed, but they needed some sort of focal point, and which he offered, you know, in some of those games before the World Cup break. They needed some sort of focal point up until they could make some additions, and, and until Raul was back, and and he's done that job. So um, he's not got the goals we wanted, but he's he's done. He's done a, you know, a better job than playing a false nine. Let's put it that way. Kellentoastman.co.uk are our sponsors. Um, look, all your heating products, everything that you need from kitchen to home. And look, if you've got a little gift card, if you've got a little bit of cash around Christmas time, you want to heat yourself up. Uh, you know, double blankets, king size, fifteen pounds. These are, you know, to keep yourself up warm at night. Um, you know, fifteen pounds. You've got little, you've got little radiators for twenty quid on there. You've got proper portable wheel. Uh, heaters for oh, 30 or 40 I mean it's it's a no-brainer you got you got window window mirrors that heat up I mean they've got literally everything on there so get yourself involved um, a whole range of budgets kettleandtoasterman.co.uk right got to take some questions I said it was a Christmas bumper spectacular I didn't expect to go on this long but you know needs a must okay Liam here we go we're going to race through these questions are you ready let's do it okay uh, the Michael Eckberg says uh, we need an average of 1.2 points per game. He's been doing his maths, apparently, with maybe um, what keeps you up. One, we need an average of 1.2 points per game to be safe, so that's a good start. Um, what do you, look, 
Table-wise, and just looking at it from a broad, more broad point of view, I mean, they are right in now the thick of it, aren't they? They've got back in that pack as we needed, as we know they need to do. But like you say, Liam, three points away from 14th. Um, and look, I mean, it's it's astonishing, really. Bournemouth are in 14th at this moment in time. They obviously lost to Chelsea yesterday. Bournemouth are, with the bookies, the favourite to finish bottom of the Premier League and they're 14th, which I think says a lot, to be honest. And look at their team and look at the squad that they're putting out. And I'm thinking... There's three points between them and their 14th. I mean, if Wolves don't finish above them with their squad, there's something insanely wrong with, with what's going on. And I think they will do. Um, and you look at Forest getting thumped. Southampton look a shadow of themselves. But I, I think as soon as they get ahead of Bournemouth in that league, I don't think there's any looking back for me. Um, and that's that's always a good thing. But like I said, they're reining people in now. So, you know, yes, 13 points from, from 16 played isn't good. But if they can get one win in their next two and be, you know, 14th, 15th, because others are going to pick up wins or, or the odd win. But out of that relegation zone, they've got every chance, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, we, we did the maths on the last podio or two mm-hmm. as well, looking at what they might need from the remaining games. And, and this three points is, is huge for several reasons uh, in, in helping them achieve that. But I think Wolves will have enough. And I think once you, as long as you stay in touch with this, um, I don't think chasing packs the right phrase because they want to get away from it. But you know what I mean. If you stay in these mm-hmm. in these group of um, group group of, of clubs and uh, and stay within that mix, or of course get, get yourself way out of, way out of it would be great. But you keep within touching distance and and you give yourself every opportunity to to pick up enough results. I do think other clubs will will falter. I think Southampton look like they're struggling. I, I really don't understand their managerial appointment. If I'm honest, um, that, so now that I've said that, that'll come back and bite me on the arse. 100%. Um, Bournemouth, they've done quite well, but I think I, I do think they'll slip away. Leeds, Everton um, have not been particularly great, but we've got to be realistic. Wolves have not been good, so they're going to have to do a hell of a lot more to to stay up. But I think they've got the opportunity, the games, the time, January, and the players they bring in to do it. Davies legit says, do you agree that goal music should be scrapped at Wolves? If that winning goal had happened at home, the incredible noise the Wolves fans made and continue to make would have been cut short by a pop song sing-along. It's just not natural. A pop song sing-along is slightly harsh, I think, because obviously it's got you know Europa League um, tributes to it. But, you know, I think I think Dave's got a bit of a point, to be honest. But what are your, what are your thoughts on on music? I mean, look, I, I got brought up on, on, on Blur... Uh, song two with 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 Borough that I think still played these days not not many times obviously when we score but um, <laughs> sometimes they play but I think uh, you know you always got something that's a tribute to it is it time to get rid of it at Wolves would you say um, I, I don't mind it to be honest um, I think the only thing I, uh, I could really add to this is that there was a public vote in the summer um, about this and several other sort of match day issues and quite convincingly the fans voted to keep it. Um, there will be another vote in the summer as well, I've been told. Um, so, you know, you can whip up uh, some fans to try and get that changed if you want. But I think that really screams to you that the majority are, are pretty fine with it. I don't really see much of an issue. Um, mm-hmm. If it became too corny, depending on what the, the music was, and it was a, it sort of took away from the moment, then I can understand it. But I don't think it, it does really. I think I think fans react to it fairly fairly positively, to be honest. Ronnie Gibbons, how much money do you think we'll spend in January? Oh, 200, 300 million? No. Um... <laughs> well, look, I mean, probably, probably, I mean, 
probably not going to be January, is it? That you're going to spend. It's going to be the obligation. But let, let's add Cunha to it. Let's add. Let's add 43 to start with, even though that probably could be February, or March, depending on appearances and and hitting that obligation. But let's say, let's say, let's include that. So let's say 43 to start, and then go from there. I probably shouldn't do that down the mic. Uh, <laughs> um, I think it depends if we're talking net or, or without, because they'll probably let a couple go as well. Mm. But um, I think they could get close to a hundred. Oh again, God, really? I think a hundred, really. But that, that's if, that's if you're including this forty-three for Cunha. Which I am. I was, I was very, more like seventy, which very well might be the summer. So that make, that makes a big change to it. But um, I think that that would be a top end, though. I think I think that's it's... a big shout, though, Liam. That's another fifty-seven million pounds. I mean, look, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disputing it. I'm just thinking that that's that for me is a, is it surprising that you're even coming up with that figure of, of only another, because you, know, you 50 look or 60. at how much if you if you're including the forty-three, if you look at how much has already been spent, how many positions they want to make additions in. Some of them may be loans with with, with options mm. or obligations. Some of them, you know, might be. Uh, just straight loans, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. paying the summers, things like that. But if we're going to look at it in terms of the overall figure, the amount of players they want to bring in for the amount of money that's left to get to that figure, that's you're talking fifty odd on about three or four positions, mm. which yeah, is probably yeah. about right, isn't it? Whew, incredible. Um, lots of work for us to do in January. Then can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, Andrew Hadfield, possible horses for course. He says defensive backline depending on who we are playing. So potentially a four, potentially a five. I or do you think it's more in-game management? I think I think both. I think it's it's a safe assumption to say that that they could go to a five. I think even for United, there's there's a possibility of that um, because the position walls are in. You've got to scrape through at the moment to get results until you can make real additions. So, and, and Totti did quite well when he came on. So I, I think yeah, I think it's a possibility of going to going to both. Matt Wolf, given the likely overspend in January, do you think the season has scared Foson sufficiently that there will be more regular investment in the squad? Um, instead of the, I'm not going to say the, the word, but crap or bust that we've seen <laughs> recently. Um, it's funny, isn't it? You know, six months ago, Liam, everyone's panicking, saying folks are not going to spend a penny uh, with the the situation in China, and would, you know, if if it comes to fruition, they, they could have, they could spend over two hundred million pound in, in less than less than a year. Well, exactly. I'm not sure. It's just amazing, really. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's a bit harsh. No, I was going to say I'm not sure that scared is the right phrase. I think. I would hope that there's some sort of realization that Wolves have definitely underspent in previous years. You, you look at the first season they came back into the um, into the Premier League and the amount of players they, they they brought in, quality players they brought in. You know, Matinho, Dendonka, Johnny, Patricio, uh, Jimenez on loan as well. Some of them were loans with options, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but they brought yeah. in a lot of good players. The the investment in the couple of seasons after that, around around the you know the two seventh place finishes in Europe was very, very low. You then go into reinvesting the Jota and Doherty money, but investing that in Semedo and Fabio Silva, which a lot of people argue was, was poor investment. Um, and then you've, you know, this, this, the spending aside from that has not really been has not really been what Wolves need. They needed additions, not all at once, but supplementing the squad. You know, every window adding one or two and making one or two changes, whatever it might be, just to supplement the squad as you go. And, and they were guilty of not doing that. So they've definitely done a lot more now than they probably expected to do in the summer and, and what's coming up in January. Um, but I would hope there's a realisation that you need to do it a bit more frequently and less of a splurge. So I think that's hopefully the direction they'll go in in the future. That's a very well answered uh, question. Fair play. 
like that. I'll take that. Well done. Well done. Uh, Craig McDougall, more of a statement. Uh, the absolute limbs in the away end was unreal. Seeing Jose Sarr run 90 metres to celebrate shows the grit and passion in this squad. Yeah, and I think it's been missing, like we said earlier on. So, oh, forget yeah, the just... limbs on the pitch, mate. What about the limbs in the press box? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, talk about impartial. We are impartial. There's a lot of Everton press slash security guards slash press officers that can't stand me and you, Liam, after that result. Uh, absolutely. We've gone... Absolutely. And we don't do it often. Well, they've only scored, what, eight goals before going to this game. But that moment, we've gone crazy. I'm not saying who we're going to be sat with, in the, but I was, you on my right. Um, I had a member of the Wolves media team on my left. The whole bench has gone absolutely bonkers. Not disrespectfully, but we're swaying, we're shoulder barging, we're going up. It was just a moment that, you know, like you say, the fans enjoy it, but it was it was great. It was just such a great moment for us to enjoy as well. I mean, you don't get that a lot. No, no. As you know, in our role and position, we try and be as objective as we can. And we, to be, give us credit, we very, very rarely do that. I think very the, la- the last one I can remember was away at Chelsea last season when Connor Cody scored that last minute header to get two two from two 0 down. And I was I was outside the ground, mate. So again, I would have missed it. I missed that. Goal. Well, I was I was I was pretty much on the pitch, mate. When it, <laughs> so that's the only that's the last one I can remember. Um, I think a Raul, a couple of Raul Spurs. Yeah. I don't, don't, do, I don't do it very. Neither no, of us do it very often because very rarely. It's, it's not the best sort of decor. It's not a good look. Box. It's not a good And I don't look. like and to see that either. But no, exactly. And it, it's in our context, job to be, yeah, exactly. It's our job to be objective. But in that particular moment, mm. we all just. You know, let our hair down a little bit and did yeah. <laughs> give it some, and then very, and then I'm very quickly back onto the back onto the laptop and typing. But it was um, like shit. I've shit. I've got to rewrite my bloody intro here exactly. and uh, the score and everything. You know, you got to do some do some serious work. But we enjoyed. But it was just it was. And, and look, so so you should do. It's Christmas, eh? Come on, uh, Super Grand. Where is where is Chem Campbell? Uh, great question. Um, injured. Um, been told it's a back injury. <laughs> Great question. Injured. Yeah, well, I can leave it at that, really. Um, but, yeah. yeah, been told it's a back injury. Um, don't have anything definitive on on when he's back, um, but he's he's been in and around Compton. I've seen him sort of in the building and stuff, and doesn't look, you know, uncomfortable um, particularly. So I don't suspect it's anything major, and, and let's hope it isn't. Um, but I, I believe he played in the friendly against Birmingham at Compton, but then he didn't travel to Marbella. Um, so the injury happened somewhere around that time. So around about two or three weeks ago. Uh, Mike Allen says, is it fair to say, should the worst happen and relegation does happen, it's not what it used to be with Fulham proving that as long as you come straight back up, it's simply not that bad? Well, yes, for this season for them, but uh, not, not the yo-yo that they've been for the last few years of, of coming up and down. But um, I mean, for me, it's a disaster. <laughs> there's no there's no, there's no two ways of looking at it. I, I can't look the positive, I can't see a positive. And I don't think they will do, hopefully, but... Um, I don't think with the way this squad is and the way that's been made up and the and the wages they're getting paid out and the and the transfer fees that have been paid that and I don't think it, I think it would be an absolute disaster. Yeah, I have to agree. And you look at the squad they've got and uh, that will be ripped to shreds if they go mm-hmm. down. The amount of players that will leave, the turnover in players will be absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and a club that's being relegated, spending forty three million on a striker um, is almost unprecedented isn't it so mm-hmm. um, yeah financially and really in terms of the squad it would be a, a very big change and challenge for the club to uh, to recover from 
Uh, Dan Pearson said, just listened to the last episode um, on a run, as I normally do, trying to make us feel worse about uh, our eating habits. He said, all that mince pies made me starving. Can you refrain from the food chat this week? Um, or at least keep it to the bland food that won't give me the cravings. Well, I must admit, Dan, I did um, indulge. Thought I'd be, I'd be quite good at Everton, so I'll go for the vegetarian option, um, which was an aubergine, um, some sort of aubergine ratatouille scenario. I mean, my God. It, I mean, you saw it, Liam. It was like three strips of like breaded aubergine, and it was to say it was dry and tough were, were an understatement. I mean, I, I use it as a pencil in the end to make some notes. It was horrific, <laughs> it horrific, like a, man. It looked like a camel's chopper, mate. It was absolutely oh, horrendous, God, absolutely awful. Thankfully, uh, oh, it could be um, could be a bit of a breakfast buffet. Could it be? Uh, it's twelve thirty kickoff against Man United New Year's Eve. I think it will be me. Yeah. So if you time it well, we can uh, go back for seconds, thirds, and fourths. You are astonishing the way you go. And you've started to learn this lesson now because people who don't know, Liam gets there. If it was, if let's say it's a 3 p.m. kickoff, Liam's there at probably about 8 a.m. Oh, come on. Um, okay, well, you're there about three, two to three hours early, which is great. And you know you've got to settle in, and that's no problem at all. I come a little later than that. But the problem is, he's obviously first at the food counter. So when he's getting the portions out, this is at the Wolves, okay? The Wolves are told, or the, the, the servers, who are great, absolutely lovely. The department Wolves, everyone there, you know, the security guards, everyone's very welcoming. You know, the press officers are in there. Um, and the food's great. I mean, it's improved. I mean, it used to be horrendous back in the day. <laughs> horrendous. But, um, you know, last few years, it's been superb. And you, they're told, obviously, the service to give you, let's say, let's say there's a bit of pork on there, one slice or maybe two slices max so you come away and you look pretty disappointed because you've had it's the first amount of food that's coming there's a lot more people to come so it's rationing by the time i rock up if it's, if it's three o'clock about 258 uh <laughs> there's so much left they're like just slop it on as so i come back with this huge meat platter and salad platter and they're like what's going on where's this coming from keto's devastated so then he he says right i'm not having any of this he, he throws his throws his chair to one side. He goes to get another plate and then gets seconds. Pretty much how it works, isn't it? I can't really argue much of that to be honest. <laughs> yeah, but I, uh... He's up there getting seconds and thirds of a lunch. Wow, oh, thirds dear. thirds is not quite right. I mean, the last time. Uh, what about that? The, but that's the dessert as well. You've, you've gone back for a couple of cheesecakes, haven't you? Before I was just about to say this for the Gillingham game. I did have seconds, and by seconds I mean seconds on the main and the dessert. I had two of each. Astonishing I was scene. I was unbelievably full. Sat there trying to watch the game. I was, I was going to fall asleep. I mean, the game didn't the game, the game didn't help either because it was absolutely dross. So, <laughs> uh, did you and Liam get out of Liverpool alive? Says Louis. Yes, we did. Just just about. Just Although about. I was in Stanley Car Park for about another forty five minutes waiting for a Villa report to come in, uh, which was uh, which was fun and game. So we got back very very late. But uh, it is it is what it is. When you when you. When you're feeling like that, it doesn't matter. You still got that adrenaline running through you, so it was it was lovely. Uh, Paul Mansell says, "How long's Pedence got left on his current contract? Any talk of extending it?" First time I actually mentioned Pedence, he scored the first. So I thought actually his his best game in a Wolves shirt. Liam was mentioned in the post match analysis video. Um, look again, someone who I think some sometimes actually has some really good games and doesn't really get the credit he deserves. Yes, he's frustrating. Yes, he's um, angry. Um, yes, I did put £30 on him at half-time to get booked in the second half because I knew he was going to get a booking and he did. <laughs> so Shocking. when does his contract end and um, and what do you make of it? Would you would you want to extend it? Yeah, yeah so 2024. Um, so he's got, what, year and a half? Uh, 18 months, yeah. 
and um, and yeah, not hearing of any talks extending that at this moment. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if that's something Wolves decided to go down. And and for my money, I would go down there and and, and try and keep him. Um, go down that route. Yeah, I, I think he it's similar to Adama Traore. He's frustrating at times, isn't he? Um, sometimes these chips and flicks, and it's a little bit too cute and sometimes too ambitious and doesn't quite come off. And against Gillingham was quite frustrating because I thought you could keep it a bit more simple against them. No disrespect to them. Um, and probably break through them easier, uh, but you know you want players to try things. When it does come off, it's excellent. Um, the routine, um, for the corner routine for the goal and Moutinho's ball back into him was brilliant, and the finish was excellent. And it, and you know I think he, he he brings a he brings more to this team than a lot of other players in the, in the four positions um, as as well. So yeah, I, I would definitely keep him. I, I I like him, and I think he's something a little bit different. 12.30, Manchester United against Wolverhampton Wanderers at Molyneux. We've said about that result taking, I guess, the pressure off. I think the pressure is obviously still on there, though, in the relegation zone. But it wasn't the best Wolves performance. But I feel like these two games... Julian wasn't the best Wolves performance. Not Peterborough. Julian was the best, wasn't the best Wolves performance. It was pretty poor, to be honest. But... You do feel like they've turned this corner and maybe that relief, they can start playing a little bit more. And they're going to have to play more, let's be honest. They can't sit back. They can't play like they did against Everton. They'll get beat by Manchester United. They're in a rich vein of form at the moment. Um, you know, Ronaldo getting rid of Ronaldo looks like they've helped has helped them. Um, Martial came off yesterday, I think, at 60 minutes to rest him for this game. So you're pretty much going to see the same starting line that beat Forrest yesterday um, against Wolves. But at the same time, United have had a tendency to, to have decent results and then going away and getting beat. Um, I think Villa beat them recently and they don't travel particularly well. And I still think that there is a chance that Wolves could do something. Molyneux's got to be rocking. They've got to be right on it. They're probably going to have to put out their best performance of the season. But this is a game, Liam, that if they get ahead and they can really get everyone on side that I think they could go there and get a result and I'm not just talking about a draw I'm talking about if everything falls that they could go and win and if they could get another win and get themselves out of that relegation zone there's nothing to fear you cannot let United go and play you've got to go at them and you've got to throw everything at them and if they do and they get that performance with the results and the confidence they've just got you know coming out of Goodison Park I think they can do something massive game can't wait yeah, I think we know this from Man United, don't we? That in the last, I think they're changing under Ten Hag. He's a good manager, and it will take a bit of time. But we know they've got a soft underbelly, and they can they can be got at. They've got some very good players. They, I think they've made a couple of pretty decent signings as well, and and it'll be it'll be tough, but they can be got at. And I think if Wolves are disciplined, tied to the back, and probably play more of a counter attack style and, and harness the you know the fans and the um, and what atmosphere they'll be able to bring, which will be will be rocking at Molyneux. Then I think they can definitely do something as well. So um, they they're most likely, as you say, with the, the, the team, it'll probably be quite similar to what the, the, the team that played in Norwich, uh, so um, Forest, um, and it'll be four two three one most likely. You'd imagine is what they've been playing all all season. Uh, so you know, it, the Wolves have got to make a decision whether they they switch to a five, which I, I'm I'm kind of tempted by, if I'm honest. Five two three. Um, or whether they whether they match and go and go four through three four two three one as well so um, yeah it's going to be a tough game without a doubt but Wolves have 
I think if you play a, a similar sort of counter-attack style, you know, win your transitions, hurt them on the break, there's a lot of opportunities there to, to, to get chances. And then when, when you've got those chances, you have to take some of them, which is the hardest part for Wolves, I'm afraid. Quite amusing that in the last podcast we talked about um, Juan Bissaka's uh, he's hardly played the last game he played was coming off the bench in a in a 2-1 win uh, in August and then uh, since then he's played 2-2 two two. played started the 2-0 win against Burnley in the uh, in the EFL Cup and then uh, and then started 3-0 home against Forest so maybe that deal or the interest in that deal might be a little bit more difficult um, or Ten Hag's playing an absolute absolute money card and saying well let's play him and get the most we can for him but it it looks like someone like Juan Bissaka might be harder to get uh, to get hold of than maybe first thought uh, a couple of weeks ago yeah exactly uh, I think he played in one of the games recently, and Ten Hag said, "You know, there's there's still a future here for him potentially. You know, we've seen improvements, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and and now he's been playing in the last couple of games, which is typical. Um, so it may not be quite as as easy as Wolves uh, were, were hoping. Um, and and I think he's been playing quite well too. So he's potentially going to start at Molineux, which will be very interesting. So let's hope. Yeah, so he has a stink of a one game, and then <laughs> potentially there's some there's some movement after that." It's been pretty easy to to predict, I guess, what we what we think Wolves are going to do. But like you say, going to this United game, there's a lot of ways that they can go, and and, and thankfully they've got a few selection headaches um, because of the way that they've played and and some of the formations that they've done. So can you see Liam? Well, first of all, what formation can you see? Can you say four or five, and then go through the team? We, we look like Bubakar Traoré might be available for selection. Johnny might be available for selection. I'm not sure why either will start if they're available. I think it'd be more bench, to be honest. But up front, midfield, with the substitutes that came on, uh, what do you think he will go with? I'm going to stick my neck out on the line a little bit, mm. and I think he's going to go five-two-three. Okay. I think Sar in goal, Smedo yeah. right wing back, yeah, Collins, Totti, Kilman. Okay. Interesting as well that Totti playing centrally did that in the friendly, did that against Everton when he came on. Mm-hmm. Um, seems to seems to suit him, so I think him centrally. I'm going to yeah. go eight Nori left wing back. Yeah, especially because they're playing a three at the back. You think that it exactly. gives him a chance. Exactly, yeah. Um, I think they'll then go Neves and Nunes in a two. Yes. Nunes played in a two in the latter part of that Everton game, playing a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. I like him there. I think he's not a ten, he's a number eight. Play him in, mm-hmm. in, that, in that two midfield. He did that sporting. I think that's perfect for him. Yeah. Um, and then I Here think... Here we go. I think they'll go... It's really tough. I think this is tough. This is tough. I think they'll go Adama, Costa, Pedence. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna. This. This. I mean, I think that. I think you've nailed it. I think you've nailed it. I think they will go to a three at the back. I. I agree with all of those. I'm gonna say. I'm going to say that Costa doesn't start, and I don't think that Trio is going to start. So I'm going to I'm going to go with two out of the three different. I think Pedence looked like he was okay when he came off. I think Pedence starts for me. Might not people might not like it. I think he's going to stick with Huang, and I think that Raúl Jiménez might start the game, even though he wasn't playing and he wasn't part of it. I think that does Costa play so soon? I think he might get at least 45 minutes, if not 50 minutes, 55 minutes out of, out of Jimenez if he's deemed fit with potentially Costa or a Guedes or, or, or a hybrid three coming. 
Um, or again, obviously pulling one 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 forward out and maybe bringing Moutinho on to shore up a, a midfield later on in the game. So I'm going to say it'll be Jimenez, Huang and uh, and Pedence with Guedes and Traore from the bench uh, would be my I think that's, prediction. I think that's a fair... Yeah, I, I would like to see Raul start as well, if I'm honest. But I, yeah, I'm just sort of hedged my bets a little bit and gone with mm, Costa. Mm. And uh, prediction to finish off um, as we uh, hit the nearly the one and a half hour mark of this podcast. But um, prediction, I'll go first. We'll leave it to Liam. Um, I'm going to go. And we do owe someone a shirt. I know, Liam, can you send me that again, please? I haven't ordered the shirt yet. So um, if you are listening, and I'll, I'll we'll tweet you, um, let me know which one you want, home, away, or, or third kit, and we'll sort all that out for you. So congratulations. You are hammering these predictions, Liam. I'm going to go... I'm going to go really barnstorming, really enjoyable performance. They don't quite get there, but I'm going to say it's Desmond on New Year's Eve. It's Wolves 2. It's Manchester United 2. Now, that would be lovely, wouldn't it? Mm. By the way, I was seconds away from getting my prediction at Everton right into late Norwich winner. Um, you were, of course you were, yeah. My, uh, so you were my... devastated, were you? <laughs> no, not quite. My, uh, my predictions are fine. It cost another shirt. Um, so... Remember what Lopetegui said after the game against Everton. He said, it's only three points. We go again. We're going to lose games. We're going to win games. But we have to have the same mentality. I'm afraid Wolves are going to lose, is my prediction. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to go with 2-1 United. 2-1 United. Okay, well, you've gone with your head and not your heart. I've gone with my head and my heart because it's happening, baby. They're going to get some points. I would love it if I'm wrong, but that's yeah, I'm going to go with that. I hope everybody had a great Christmas and we'll be back in the new year. Um, I haven't quite worked out when we're going to do the podcast, but hopefully, Liam, we'll be doing it um, on the 2nd of January, um, which will be, of course, after the the 4-0 win over Manchester United and pre-Aston Villa and uh, a potential debut for Matthias Cunha. So lots to talk about. The games are coming thick and fast. And, and before we leave, I've got to say that, again, thank you for coming off on your day off. And also, you've got a certain birthday coming up as well, Liam. <laughs> Yes, uh, as the of, big, the big, the big three zero. No, not quite. Twenty six. I, I, oh, I am turning. Good age. I know. Um, that so, was actually my favourite age. Twenty six. Oh, I did some. Well, let's hope it's a good I year. Did then. Some, I did some dreadful things at twenty six, Liam. But it was, but 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 lots of fun. You do some dreadful things now. I do. You're um, right. At fifty five. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so as what's of, the plan? What's the plan? We're for the recording big on the twenty eighth. It's yes. uh, the twenty ninth. Tomorrow is my is my birthday. So depending on when you're listening to this, Thursday the 29th, I turn the grand old age of 26. Um, so we're actually going out tonight because there's a presser on the 30th. So I'm in Wolverhampton early, so I couldn't be getting up hungover to get over from Warwick to Wolverhampton for that. So no. going out going out tonight, we're doing a little bit of a, me and a load of mates. Um, Rosie's joining us. We're going out for a bit of pub golf. About our pub Dangerous pub golf, mate. It's going to be dangerous. Where in, in the old Leamington? Yeah, starting in Warwick, walking into Lem. It's going to be interesting. Scary. Oh, no. Don't go holes in one early, Liam. What, so when you, <laughs> when, you play, when, you, when you do pub golf, and I must admit I haven't done too much of it, but is it certain drink? Is it a pint or is it can you go small drinks or does, so, does it not matter? Uh, a couple of my mates have been basically doing the organising for me. Um, mm. They gave me an idea of what they were going to do 
and then they've since told me yesterday that they've made a couple of changes, but they're refusing to tell me, and they're going to tell me oh, tonight no. when I get there. So that's a, that's a worry, first of all. Oh, that is a worry. Um, but yeah, they, they've got... So it's going to be whichever... Depends on the pub, it's going to be a specific drink. So one pub, it will be a lager. One pub, it will be a spirit mixer. One pub, it will be a shot. Oh. One pub, it will be whatever. Oh. And then there's a par for each one. Mm. And but you don't like to lose, Liam. That's, what, that's what's worrying me. You don't like to lose. So... But we are going also in teams as well, so I'm going to be having. It's got, I've got a little bit less pressure on me. There's going to be sort of so I have a little bit of leeway I can play with. You did a birthday boy, mate. You've got pressure on you all night. Don't 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 worry I'll about tell you that. What, if I'm buying a single drink as well, there's going to be how to pay. I've, I've, oh I've, no! I better make a profit tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're on your hands and knees at four a.m. scrapping around on the pavement, yeah. no taxi picking you up, and you find you find twenty p on the floor. This is yeah. This, uh, this is the concern. So it's going to be an interesting uh, morning on the morning of my birthday. I think I might. Uh, I don't think I'll be going over to see my parents until late afternoon, early evening. No, no, definitely not. No, no. I feel sorry for the the streets and the pavements of Lamington and the and the drains. Don't want any kind of uh, liquids go chundered seeping into those at uh, three a.m. I've seen what you like, and it's not good. It's not good. You, I would never do something like that. Wow, wow. <laughs> uh, but look, we'll see you all on New Year's Eve. Um, I hope you had a great Christmas. I hope you had a great, a fantastic New Year, whatever you're doing. For me, most overrated night of the year, by the way. I'll be I agree. hopefully sipping a glass of um, of champagne uh, with the missus and the dogs, um, but I'm celebrating another win and hopefully Wolves out of the relegation zone. Um, I'm going to leave you with, again, the dulcet tones of Mikey Burrows. We started with him, so we'll finish with him. From me, from Liam, have a fantastic Christmas. Have a great New Year. Take care. Bye-bye. Intercepted by Kilman. Now can Wolves launch a counter-attack. It's Mateus. If he looks up, Ademateo is in space on the right-hand side. He's got players racing up with him. Ademateo already right inside of the penalty area. Low cross in. Comes through. It's Ryan Adore! Ryan